Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to episode 168 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, Dave, and I have with me Gray. <laughs> how are you doing? Hello, <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Good. Yeah, how, how are you enjoying your, your time off from your teaching job? It's quite good. I obviously try and pack a lot in. Um, I've, I haven't been on, on the podcast for quite a few weeks now. It seems like so long ago. But yes. yeah, I sort of... Uh, had the last few weeks of term um and i'd done on the last podcast i'd done like 50 series season finales in a row and it sort of led me to do a cleanse really i had to have a few weeks off yeah. of like watching because i think i'd just overdone it um, right. and, and then i was moving as well so i've moved out of london again and i've had a couple of holidays already i've got one more holiday and then i stop i, I have a three weeks holidaying three weeks of being at home and things like that and that gives me a chance to move to a new place and i'm moving to a new place uh, in about 10 days times nice nice yeah. well you've got to pack stuff in if you've got six weeks holiday in one go you need to pack as much as exactly, you can exactly <laughs> exactly so that means i haven't actually been watching loads of tv and films i've been the worst i still am the worst film reviewer i think that should be my tagline <laughs> on the website the worst film reviewer for geek town who sees very few films um but uh, the tv wise um in the uh, holiday period i managed to finish humans um i really got into it out of the three seasons this one i was more engaged in than ever before um really really enjoyed where that went um i finished life in pieces season two on amazon prime yeah um i finished obviously brooklyn 99 thank goodness that's coming back also finished young sheldon you know that'll come back anyway but it was a, <laughs> yeah and oh my favorite stathlet's flats did you i i've this? seen i mean it's been trailered everywhere i didn't really appeal to me but i i don't oh. know it's a comedy i guess yeah it's just it was I, I don't know what it was just such lovely i suppose it's me end of termitis just such lovely stupid comedy um and the whole like idea about this guy who's just really struggles he's really not very intelligent trying to sell flats and then he has this complicated relationship with the other sellers and his sister and it just it to me it really cheered me up it was a real good channel for comedy you know they've done they just continue to bring out some really good comedies and yeah. uh, yeah, it's just off the wall a bit that you know i really enjoyed it so i finished that good um i've just started literally this week on netflix good girls i'm three episodes in 
that's the Christina Hendricks uh, one yes. that came out about two months ago. You know, I'm a little bit behind. Um, and I don't know if any of the listeners listen to it, but Wentworth Prison is currently on season six on Channel 5. I'm just midway through that screening as well. So Yeah, I've, I'm still only one episode into Good Girls. I've been trying to clear off other things myself, so I will go back to it because I really enjoyed the first episode of it. I just... I other things have got in the way at the moment but uh I'd, i've never watched wentworth and it's a bit late to start at this point so. uh, yeah this is it's australian and uh, therefore it's a little bit grittier um it actually is uh i used to watch it i didn't watch it my mum used to watch it when i was really little when it was like on yeah, the, really late on itv or something yes prisoner cell block, prisoner yes. Cell block H, yeah so when it came back and it was having a reboot about five years ago um, I encouraged my mum to watch it and then I watched the first season and then I was like, mum, I don't think you should watch it. <laughs> this, this is, it's definitely an 18 drama. There are topics you would not want to sit with your mum and discuss. So I was yes. like, yeah, mum, don't worry about watching it. It's fine. And yeah. So I've uh, been watching that. Um, but I'm lining up. So I remember saying a few, went on my last podcast, I'm lining up those ones that make you think. You, your Legion, uh, your Westworld, even This Is Us. I've, I've got them yeah. all stored. So when I do move to my new flat in about 10 days time and I've got a nice two weeks off before I go back to work, I can do some real like cramming of box sets and hopefully that um, I'll get through those. Yeah, yeah. Legion, I I struggled with this season. It got a bit weird for weird's sake. Westworld was absolutely superb and I'm loving This Is Us so far. Uh, that's, that's about four episodes in or five episodes in, something like that. But I'm really enjoying that. So yeah, that, some good that, stuff. Yeah, there'll be good ones for me when I move in. And now here's my film reviewer corner. Uh, so, uh, so last week, the day it rained, you will remember the day it rained in the middle of our long hot yes, summer. Yes, um, I decided to go and shut myself in a cinema and watch two films. Um, and I saw Mission Impossible 6 followed by Incredibles 2. Right. Um, Mission Impossible 6, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, for a film that's sixth in the franchise and all the others have been consistently good, this one still managed to deliver. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think it was something I would go and watch again. Even my friend, The Raven, I know I've talked about her before, was meshing me going, oh, I really wanted to go and see that. How does he continue to make films like that? Six <laughs> movies down the franchise. It just worked. It had, you know, really good set pieces, really good locations. Um, and so that was really exciting. And then the bit of the disappointment, I went to see Incredibles 2. Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted as, you know, the childhood or teen years when I was watching it. When it originally came out, suddenly it's just like, oh. My friend said she felt it was the same plot revisited. Right. I just felt there was so much dialogue and not enough action. There Ugh. were lots of, like, dialogue pieces between them. And I don't know, part of me just wanted lots of, like, action and fighting and, you know, set pieces. And there wasn't as much as I thought there would be. I just found myself checking my watch a lot more than I should have in that film. So I was disappointed that, you know, I would have given that about three stars, whereas Mission Impossible 6 definitely got four stars from me. That's and, a shame, yeah. Uh, and literally, by the time people will be listening to this, I would have watched Atman. I'm going to literally hang up from the podcast and I'm going straight out and uh, meeting the Raven, as she's called, <laughs> and we're going to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp tonight. Well, you've seen more movies than me recently. I haven't been out to the cinema <laughs> in a while. Um, I do want to see Mission Impossible. I, I, it still amazes me that Tom Cruise does his all, all his own stunts. Yeah, incredible. And and like things like the hanging off the uh, the plane and stuff were genuinely filmed with him hanging off a plane. I just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, 
Incredibles, I do want to see, although I will probably wait until it comes out on home release for that. And uh, I do want to see Ant-Man as well, but I haven't got around to that yet. So, uh, yes, I'm I'm really suck at, at being in movies at the moment. But, uh, yeah. but yes. And then I will write a review for this for the website. But coming up at the end of the month is a film called Bad Samaritan with David Tennant. Right. Um, I went to a screening of this and it is just the bizarrest film I've ever seen. I don't. Some of it intrigued me. Some of it was a bit bonkers. Um, it had Robert Sheehan, who used to be a Misfits in it as well, um, and it was just this really macabre, dark comedy. And I, I'll write the review. But if you're a David Tennant fan, I would definitely try and go and see it. I think it'd be on limited release in smaller cinemas. I don't think it's going to have it a big um, multiplex release. But it's something that you would definitely sniff out because it's a, a little off the wall, a little bit interesting, and you know, it made me um, and my friend who I went to see it with really laugh and really want to research more about the writer because ah. when he came up with his idea about this is, is quite fascinating so, interesting yeah. i look out for that one yes um and then the last thing i just wanted to have a, a chat with you about as a film review i thought i should bring some film news to the table the whole like james gunn situation um, yeah I'm just, I, I almost want, I, I'm hoping that it's going to change because I don't think I want to see a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in someone else's hands. Um, yeah, and, so, and neither do the cast. Really. No, definitely not. I mean, Dave Bautista now is, is basically slamming Disney, saying it's a smear campaign. So how long are we going to get till they, you know, Disney are in charge? Yeah. You can't stars technically speaking out against you. We're going to start losing our Guardians or... I can't see how. Yeah, it is a problem. It's it's difficult because I get the reaction, the initial reaction from Disney to saying, oh, he said something terrible. We can't have this. We need to be squeaky clean. The problem is that it was done 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. people change. I mean, if you judge Disney on the stuff that it was creating in the early days, particularly if you look back at some of the stuff that was highly dubious they were creating during the war. Yes, yes. doesn't, you know, I mean, Disney was around in the 40s. That doesn't come off particularly well either, you know. So, well, I get the initial reaction from Disney. I think it's incredibly disingenuous to not reconsider that at this point. You know, Mm. he's apologised. It was some inappropriate jokes dug up by a right-wing journalist who was upset at some of the remarks that he'd been making about President Trump. And it, it was entirely done for that purpose. Yeah. Add to that on top of everything else, I, I feel that that's the wrong call from Disney and they do need to reinstate him because the cast are not happy. Uh, you know, They're very vocal about it as well. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's, it's not going to make the guy in the galaxy 3 something that we're all going to want to rush and get involved with straight away if it's a man new person um and you can imagine the whole production uh, environment on that film is already going to be mm. hit and miss because everyone's going to feel awkward or not awkward and yeah you know um apparently you know i've read somewhere that when he first had his re-emergence onto the scene and his success he had addressed and apologized for his past so this is being brought up later on additional to his previous apologies and reflections on what he was like as in first he's never hidden that he wasn't great in the past he had done bad things no so, and yeah. 
I mean, it's not like Disney didn't know what they were hiring when they hired him. I mean, there was a thing called James Gunn's PG porn, which, you know, uh, and there was Super as well. And I mean, Super is is an incredibly twisted superhero movie starring uh, Rain Wilson and Ellen Page. Um, Mm. Very dark black comedy. It's not like they didn't know what they were getting when they hired him. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel as well. So... It's just that, yeah, it's marred the the continuation of the cinematic universe's journey, in my opinion. Um, And I hope it can get resolved quickly. That doesn't impact too much on the fans, because ultimately that's what Disney continue to make films for and to keep loyal to the fans and the story. And, you know, if they have to bring someone else in, pick wisely, choose someone, you know. Yeah. I mean, it would be one thing if the public were all saying, oh, yes, you shouldn't keep this guy on. But the cast and pretty much all the public seem that the, they seem to be with James Gunn on this. Yeah, so yeah. The, they are very much on the wrong side of things. Hopefully they'll relent and he gets uh, um, And if they don't, Taika Waititi's name had been banded around a little bit and I, I could actually see that one working. Yeah, I mean... Waititi did take over so out of out of all the directors he would that are on that roster he is the one that i would go for to do guardians i think but even so why i would like james gun back please yes 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 and that's my news for the week i think okay so i mean uh i i've been steadily plowing through the uh latest season of orange is the new black and uh i'm thoroughly enjoying that i'm about three episodes from the end now the whole change of them being taken out of this minimum security prison and put into max has worked really really well i think essentially there's this sort of gang war brewing between the various different blocks and the cast from last season are sort of split up into different blocks which are controlled by different people so that's added this whole different dynamic to everything um and uh i i think they're really on form this season i've been really enjoying that billions season three i finally got to the end of as well that leaves things in a very very interesting place with you know former enemies seemingly becoming friends again and uh, I, I'm very intrigued to see where they move forward with that. I also watched a couple of new things. I watched Succession, which is this new HBO drama, which is on uh, Sky Atlantic. This is essentially it's about the head of a media empire. It's a sort of Murdoch-esque media empire that owns, you know, although it owns theme parks as well. And it's sort of theme parks and a TV ch- channel and news and and that sort of stuff. And it's kind of a a dark drama comedy about where the succession of this this places go because Brian Cox, the actor one, not the physicist one, yeah. uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian Cox is is playing the head of this family who, at the start of it, is sort of supposed to be retiring and handing everything over to the heir apparent, which is one of his sons. That starts to spin wildly out of control, and uh, it starts to become apparent that he. May not be quite ready to let go of the range yet then there's sort of infighting between the various kids and stuff i really enjoyed the first episode of that it's it's the 
your usual quality HBO drama. So oh, good. I think yeah. I've got that on uh, my planner. I've, I've downloaded it. That's going to be something that I'll uh, try and pick up. Yeah. And then Reverie was the other thing, which is this uh, show which is airing on sci-fi. It's this drama about an AI system, which it's essentially a sort of mix between Total Recall, The Matrix and Red Dwarf's Better Than Life system. Oh, wow. What a uh, mix. Um, it's it's a AI which plugs directly into the brain of a person where they can put themselves in any situation they want. So for a lot of people, it's they're feeding stuff from their social media accounts and it is recreation of maybe a loved one or a love that you lost or an event that you went to or something like that so Mm. you can recreate those moments and uh, go and re-experience them again the problem is that some people are getting so happy at being in these moments they don't want to come out again and they're slipping into a coma so uh, this leads them to bringing in somebody who is a hostage negotiator and, or ex-hostage negotiator, sort of background in psychology and, and work for the FBI. She comes in and is sent into the system to try and talk these people into giving up their life in the system and coming back out again. That's the uh, basic setup for it. It's a, it, it's a part of it has got a little bit of, um, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've seen it, altered carbon feel to it. Yeah, when you were talking is... then, I was a bit like, has that got a bit of an altered carbon feel to it? Or? Yeah, it's got that kind of sci-fi thing going on. And uh, yeah, let's say the things that came to mind to me were things like The Matrix, except the people in theory know that they're in there or though they do tend to lose track of time. Um, like, so it, it sort of has that, it, it's that sort of environment, that Total Recall or that Matrix sort of environment so of, of a person stuck inside that system and then this this character comes along and uh, has to try and pull them out. Um, so I've... I'd be quite enjoying it. I've I've only watched the first episode so far, but I quite enjoy that. It has that sort of Canadian sci-fi feel to it. I'm not sure yeah. whether it is a Canadian show, but um, it, it has that slightly off-the-wall sci-fi feel to it. But uh, that's on sci-fi if you uh, want to go and uh, watch that. And the other thing I watched this week was a documentary which was on Robin Williams called Come Inside My Mind, which is uh, on HBO. You can go and get it on Sky Catch-Up, and I think it'll be on their TV as well. It's absolutely fascinating documentary him talking about his life you know recordings obviously of him talking about his life and interviews with him interviews with people that knew him various unseen footage from sort of home video things or from very early shows that he did going through kind of more community of outtakes of that sort of stuff stuff behind the scenes of the movies just stuff about his thought process and sort of what drew him to uh, eventually take his own life and you know how it came out that he was actually ill and you know that was the thing that eventually pushed him over the edge you know his brain was kind of lying to him about stuff it's wonderfully done it's you know very sympathetic and incredibly heartbreaking in places to watch as well you know this sort of quite, mm, can I imagine yeah. you know wonderfully kind and lovely guy who just couldn't cope with life in the end so it's tough to watch in places but it, it is uh, if you're a Robin Williams fan particularly 
I would go and watch that documentary. It's called Come Inside My Mind. You know, just just go and look Robin Williams up. But uh, as we always say when we're talking about these sort of issues, if you do have any problems with depression or anything like that, you're not alone. There are places you can go and talk to. Uh, Samaritans are there. Uh, Samaritans.org. Talkofftherecord.org is great as well. Uh, and mind.org.uk are great places to go and talk about that sort of stuff. And I'd also recommend Calm, which is a campaign against living miserably, uh, targeted particularly at men. Their phone lines open in the evenings, uh, primarily, and can be followed on Twitter too. Brilliant, brilliant. If you are feeling down, uh, if you are suffering from depression, don't do it alone. There are places you can talk. So with all that stuff out the way, let's move on to some TV and film news. We kick off the TV and film news as ever with renewals, cancellations and pickups. We'll start off with Fargo, which has been picked up for a fourth season and uh, we'll begin production next year and we'll star Chris Rock, apparently. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of an interesting change to what they've had previously, I think. The whole show changes every season, of course, but uh, this one is apparently going to be set in Kansas City, Missouri in the 1950s. It's a city that was in the middle of two large American migrations. One was the Southern Europeans coming from countries like Italy, and then you had a lot of African Americans coming up from the South to escape the Jim Crow laws. So you had this kind of collision of outsiders, and it and it sort of ended up in Kansas City. The story apparently will follow two criminal syndicates who have struck an uneasy peace, uh, one Italian, one African American. They together control the alternative economy, which is that of exploitation, graft and drugs. Chris Rock will star as the head of the African-American family uh, who has had to trade his eldest son with the son of his rival on the Italian side to keep the peace. But things go slightly awry when the head of the Kansas City Mafia dies in hospital during a routine surgery. So, yeah, this sounds like quite an interesting setup and very kind of Fargo. (laughs) When I saw this news that came up on the website, because I'd not long seen the news about Altered Carbon getting a new lead with Anthony Mackie, and I was like, you know, there was a trend going on there, new lead actors being brought in to replace, you know, the existing lead. Both of these stars are coming from big Hollywood-like films franchises as well. So That is the interesting thing, because in the cases of things like Altered Carbon and and of Fargo they are limited series or anthology series so you're only ever having to sign up for one season you know I mean we've had like you know uh, Ewan McGregor we've had Martin Freeman in the last couple of seasons of Fargo so that's the great thing about these is you you're getting these kind of top quality A-list actors who are agreeing to do one season of a show you know mm. um so uh, yeah and i mean i'm looking forward to with altered carbon i think anthony mackie's going to be an interesting choice for the lead in that much as i i like the other guy but it doesn't fit in with the story because the whole point of this is the fact that they regenerate or re-sleeve themselves a little much like doctor who as you go yeah. through so <laughs> so you're going to have a different lead actor i think each time with altered carbon Plus it stops, it makes them cheaper shows to make as well, because you're not having to pay repeat fees to the same actor every time. Same, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got that coming. We've got, in more casting news, Michael Kelly from House of Cards has joined season two of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series, which is on Amazon. And uh, that's for season two of that. We haven't seen season one yet, which comes out at the end of the month. Uh, I mean, they've got a lot of confidence in this show that it's going to do well, because they've already ordered the second season of it. And there has been a lot of interest in it. They're pushing 
finding it quite hard. I'm very intrigued to see what it turns out like. But Michael Kelly, I think, is a fantastic actor and I'm looking forward to seeing him in that. More casting news. The Vampire Diaries star Stephen R. McQueen is going to be guest starring as Jeremy in an episode of Legacies, which is the upcoming spin-off series. So if you're a fan of the Vampire Diaries cast, they they said at the beginning that Legacies will leave the door open for any of the cast that are, you know, the characters that are still surviving to drop in for the odd episode. So uh, you're probably going to see more of this as the, that show goes on, assuming it lasts more than one season, but uh, mm. I'm guessing it will. And then uh, news announced today, Morphor has picked up Berlin Station, which is this spy drama, runs on Epics, the network in the US, and uh, stars Richard Armitage and Reese Evans. This has been kicking around for a couple of years and uh, they've only just picked it up. I think it's got on, it's done two seasons in the US. It's got a third coming later this year. So we've been waiting forever for somebody to pick this up, but uh, and I'm amazed it didn't get pick up, picked up earlier, but it'll be coming to more four in the autumn, that show. So that's one to look out for. And uh, more casting news. Brent Spiner has joined Supergirl, Star Trek's data, you will know him as. And uh, he's joined Supergirl for the next season. He's going to be a recurring character as vice president, apparently, in the oh. next season. That's kind of an interesting bit of casting. Yeah. Sticking with Star Trek, there was some major Star Trek news that was announced over the weekend. Patrick Stewart is returning to the role that arguably made him a household name, uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, in a new Star Trek series for CBS All Access which I think is phenomenal news. We, I think, spoke a few weeks ago about the fact that they'd given the entire franchise over to Alex Kurtzman, having had various showrunner problems. All the TV franchise is now under leadership of Alex Kurtzman. So he's sort of taken over, and it also came out at the same time that there were multiple Star Trek ideas that he had in development, and there was like one was an animated series, and there was possible spin-offs directly from Discovery, and also they talked about something starring Patrick Stewart. This has now come to fruition. We don't really know much about it other than they've said it will be a continuation of Picard's story as he moved into the next chapter of his life. Now, one presumes this isn't going to be him sat around drinking wine in a French chateau. <laughs> You'd uh, like to think so. <laughs> I mean, it would be great, but, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd watch Patrick Stewart for hours doing anything. Yeah. But, you know, I, I suspect it's a bit more than that. I suspect he's probably Admiral Jean-Luc Picard at this point and uh, I suspect that there's something more going on and maybe he's he's back out on the bridge of his ship again. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what this entails. We don't know at this point what the show's called. We don't know whether it's going to be a one-off limited series, which is entirely possible that they may start doing this with some of the Star Trek things. Just, you know, go and play around in one area of Trek for a season and then go and do something else. So we don't know. We'll have to see. I can't imagine Patrick Stewart would be madly keen on signing up like for a seven-year contract like he did the first time. So I I rather suspect this might be a limited series, not like a brand new next generation 24 episode like run sort of thing. I suspect it'll be a 10 episode series and it may be a one-off. 
but we'll oh. have to wait and see. Fun fact, Dave. Just two months ago, I was sat in a hotel having breakfast behind Patrick's shirt. Were you really? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, with I was at a meeting and a group of friends, and we all looked at our uh, cultural reference spots, and like the majority of them were going for Star Trek, and there were just a few of us in the corner that were going Professor X, Professor X. <laughs> but yeah, he was just in our hotel. That's brilliant. <laughs> there is a Star Trek convention coming up later this year in Birmingham, so uh, if I go along to that, I, I think he might be there. I think Shatner's going as well so that should be quite interesting but yeah he actually made the announcement himself as a surprise guest appearance at the big star trek convention they have in vegas every year and uh, he turned up on stage and made the announcement there that he was doing it but he had kind of let slip in an interview a few weeks ago he let slip that he might be coming onto uh, doing a new show because somebody asked him had he watched discovery and he said no i haven't but i might have cause to fairly soon so uh, oh. this is obviously what he was talking about I'm very intrigued to see what they do with this. Moving on, we're uh, sticking with sci-fi. US Network FX have picked up the sci-fi thriller Devs, which comes from writer-director Alex Garland. Uh, Alex Garland is is not necessarily a name you know, but you probably have seen something he did because he was the um, writer for the novel The Beach, which Danny Boyle based the movie on. He then went on to write uh, the screenplay for 28 Days Later. He also wrote the screenplay for Dread. He wrote and directed Ex Machina, which was a fantastic movie. He's just finished writing and directing Annihilation, which uh, stars Natalie Portman and Bendit Wong. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got like quite a, a strong pedigree behind him. Devs is based around a young computer engineer called Lilies, played by Sonoya Mizuna, who is investigating a secret development division of our employer. She works for Amania, which is a cutting tech firm based in San Francisco which she believes is behind the disappearance of her boyfriend so the cast quite interesting for this Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec which I know not of people absolutely love is playing the CEO of the tech company whose obsession is the covert work from the company's development division Jin Ha who was in Jesus Christ Superstar Live plays Jamie who is a gifted cybersecurity specialist in Lily's former now missing boyfriend apparently Zach Grenada, who was in The Good Wife and Deadwood, is plays the company's head of security, Kenton. Stephen McKinley Henderson, who was in uh, Manchester by the Sea, stars as Stuart, who is the cultural intellectual from another era and one of the top technical minds working at the company. Alison Pill, who was brilliant in the newsroom and starred an American horror story, plays Katie, a gifted quantum physicist tapped by Forrest to be the second in command of the company. And uh, Kaylee Spaney, who was in Pacific Rim Uprising joins the cast as Lyndon, a young, brilliant and stubborn employee who works with the secret development division. Does this sound like it appeals to you? This doesn't, unfortunately. I'm not sure if I can cope with another sci-fi. You know how I've been with sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just not sure if it's one that could really... I do like Alex Garland's work, but I don't know. It'll have to see, it'll have to see when it comes out. If it comes out in the middle of winter, I don't think I'll have time. There's already too much out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if it's something that comes out in the end of summer maybe when i'm on a little bit of a looking for new things to watch maybe i'll give it a try 
But you know me, I'll probably miss it and I'll end up becoming the next Game of Thrones. And then, uh, <laughs> eight years down the line, I'll be regretting it. <laughs> yes, quite possibly. I mean, the things that it has going for it most definitely are the fact that Alan Scarland is a fantastic writer. Um, he's a great director as well. I mean, the, he's made some brilliant stuff. Also, the fact that it was supposed to be piloted by FX and uh, then they read the eight pilot scripts, heard Alex pitch the vision for the show and went, stuff the pilot, we'll just make it <laughs> so you know I, I mean that, that's a certain amount of confidence that you have to have in that so um yeah i'm very interested to see what this comes out i, I have to say the the description doesn't leap out at me being anything particularly special but the alex garland and the confidence they seem to have in it that makes me think it's going to be something worth watching moving on we have the news that andy circus is directing animal farm for netflix this is going to be an entirely performance capture based adaptation well performance capture with humans playing humans in it as they do in the book although the majority of the characters are animals so i mean if you somehow got through school without ever reading Animal Farm. Um, I'm amazed, but uh, it's uh, George Orwell's classic allegorical novel that follows the downtrodden animals of Manor Farm who overthrow their master, Mr. Jones, and take control of the farm themselves. What starts out as a dream of freedom and equality becomes slowly corrupted as the cunning, ruthless elite led by the pigs Napoleon and Snowball start to take control. It's basically an allegory for the uh, Russian Revolution, essentially, is what it was. It's a classic piece of literature. I don't think as far as I'm aware it's ever been done in film form before there was a TV movie in 1999 animation with Kelsey Grammer okay so uh, yeah but there's not been nothing not been one done scale. to this sort of level I don't think obviously if you're going to do this sort of motion capture uh, performance capture stuff you want Andy Serkis behind it yeah. you will be directing it as well as directing all the motion capture for it this is something apparently they've been wanting to do since 2012 well, since before 2012 they managed to get the rights to it in 2012 from Georgia Wells Estate so it's something they've been wanting to do for a very very long time now Netflix have also acquired the international rights to Mowgli, which is this uh, version of the Jungle Book that he made as well. Mm. So I, I thought that was going to get a cinematic release, but they yeah, seem to have changed their mind on that. don't know how I feel about that. That's really suffered, hasn't it? Because that was announced around the same time as the original Disney um, yeah, yeah. film. And so then it got delayed and then all the talk of it was to go into the cinema and then suddenly last week. And I don't know what that says. Sometimes that can have like um, sort of a bit of a negative press, can't it? Because like maybe they don't feel confident enough to have it in the big screen. Yeah. Or what that says, um, because I was actually looking forward to it. You know, an Andy Serkis version of the, the story might be really good. Yeah, and I mean, again, he's got a great cast. It's uh, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, Andy Serkis himself playing Blue. I mean, you know, so that was a great cast for, for Mowgli. And, and I mean, at least it means if you've got Netflix, you'll be able to watch it. So Yeah, 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 that's true. But it looks like it's not going to land on Netflix until next year. So, mm. which is kind of frustrating because it's been kicking around for a while. So who knows? And lastly, Warner Brothers TV are working on bringing back ALF. Now, mm. for those of you a certain age, are you too young for ALF? I... I sort of remember it, but it got replaced when I was a bit of a teenager by the dinosaurs. Instead. Right. So yes, I yes, vaguely yes. remember like one season at a person used to be on a Saturday night with 
like the A-Team and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Knight Rider and then Baywatch. So I knew it was there in our, my childhood, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. Right, yes. So for those of you that don't know anything about ALF, it was a TV show that was around from 86 to 90, to 1990. It was a story of an alien life form nicknamed ALF, although his real name was Gordon Shumway. He crashes, crash lands in the backyard of the Tanner family whilst escaping the explosion of his home planet, which was called Melmac. Taking pity on the new arrival, the Tanners hide Alf in their home to stop him being taken away from by the Alien Task Force, which is a government agency that specialises in aliens. So, I mean, I can sort of see why they might be thinking about bringing this back now, given all the immigration stuff that's going on in the US. I think that may be an angle that they're possibly looking at at going with it. We don't know anything about what they're planning to do with it, although there has been a certain amount of talk that uh, they may be having him leaving Area 51 and coming back into the world and seeing everything that's sort of changed in the world since he's been away. I mean, the the show itself has been so much of a cultural touchstone for various things. He's popped up in things like Guardians of the Galaxy, Big Bang, and of course, various episodes of Family Guy have have like had Alf mentions in it. Uh, Alf itself was a hand puppet and... uh, I mean, I I used to really like this show. It was uh, it was one of those things that was just fun and joyous, and you know, mm. it was a silly sitcom, but with a hand puppet alien in it that used to like eating cats or used to try and eat their family cat, and sort of would eventually give up. But uh, it was one of those sort of eighties classic sort of eighties sitcoms, and uh, it was very different to anything else that was out there. So I uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite sort of happy that this may be going to make a comeback we'll have to see whether they're actually managing to develop it any further because it's said it to be the very early stages of development right now so we'll we'll see whether it uh, it makes its way back that's all the news we've got for this week next up we have an interview ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The interview this week is with the composer Nathan Barr. Nate is the composer on uh, shows such as The Americans. He also co-composed on uh, Sneaky Pete, The Sun, the AMC series. He's worked on True Blood. Uh, That was kind of the thing that really shot him to fame. Uh, He worked on Hemlock Grove as well for Netflix. So there are a lot of different projects that he's worked on over the years. One of the other things that always comes up whenever we talk to Nate is uh, his collection of strange instruments. So we go a bit into that. And also his studio, which he's been building pretty much since we first started talking to him. One of the key things in the studio is one of those old Wurlitzers that uh, they used to have in theatres. And they had one at the Fox lot, which he brought and then 
pulled apart and completely rebuilt from scratch or had rebuilt from scratch that's now been finished the studio is now done so we talk a little bit about that and what he plans to do with it and uh, stuff that he's working on with it one of the projects he's working on which will undoubtedly involve the organ is a show called carnival row which is a new amazon series uh, it's a sort of fantasy noir set in a neo-victorian city with mythical creatures fleeing their war-torn homeland it sounds like it's going to be a really interesting series and uh, definitely one for sort of geek fans to look out for uh, he's got film projects coming out so we talk a little bit about that sort of stuff how it feels finally finishing the americans after working on that for so many seasons so uh, we've got a lot of things we cover he's always a pleasure to talk to it was lovely to have him back on the show so um here's the interview with nate Barr. we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv <laughs> Hi, Nate. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. Nice to be chatting again. Yeah, I think it was about a, almost a year, dead on a year ago when we last spoke. Yeah, about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How's the last year been treating you? Yeah, it's been good. Really busy. Um, you know, sort of five TV shows and a movie, and then I'm finishing my, my uh, studio uh, build that I've been doing. That'll be done in about two weeks. We're recording the movie there, um, House of the Clock and Its Walls. Uh, we got a 50-piece orchestra coming in. and Nice. It's gonna- quite a quite a, a good it's it's really wonderful to have a, a great film to open it with so yeah yeah that's that's gonna be very cool how's the Wurlitzer doing is it up it's and running good. yeah they'll be done tuning tomorrow nice <laughs> that's nice. unbelievable yeah it's finally happened uh <laughs> i'm gonna go down on sunday um and actually sort of hear it for the first time my friend who's a brilliant organist is coming in to play it so oh wow very That's, excited because we spoke about that i think the very first time we we talked and so it's been this ongoing thing the uh yes. they will it's a yes. thing so, uh, yes. so I'm, yes. I'm, I'm glad it's finally done uh, me, too. me too believe me this has been a six-year odyssey so <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you've got an interesting new show coming up which just to me sounds like it should have a well it's in it because it's called carnival row so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah no it's great I'm, I'm working on the first episode now i've seen most of the season it's a wonderful show really brilliant imaginative exciting beautifully shot and, and directed and, and it's yeah, it's a really i'm very excited about that show i'm uh, very much looking forward to it i mean it's described as a fantasy noir set in neo-victorian city which mythical creatures flee their war-torn homeland where they have gathered so um Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, if any show really screams your music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, it's great. I love love uh, love it so far. We're just just sort of getting started, but I, I mean, it's it's wonderful. What sort of approach are you taking from the music for that? Um, you know, it's almost too early to say, but it, right. it'll be it'll be my, you know, uh, certainly my unusual instruments will be a big part of it. I certainly hope and and believe that the, the world will be a part of it though in sort of unorthodox ways yeah uh, orthodox ways but uh yeah so that's it's all yeah as, as you said it's, it's sort of all very much in my wheelhouse and um and fortunately that's that's yeah that's the way they want to go so it's exciting how did that one come to you uh that one came to me uh there were two picture editors on it who i've worked with before right uh one had worked on true blood and one i've worked with years ago on a, on a movie and um they both kind of came to the same um place where they started using my music <laughs> as temp 
And the, the producer said, oh, what's that? That's really great. We're going to meet with that guy. And so that's kind of how it happened. Nice. Nice. That's always yeah. handy. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's had a bit of a sort of interesting background because wasn't it wasn't Del Toro involved at the start and then he sort of had to go off and do something else. So they've had like different directors come in and Paul McGuigan was involved for a bit. And Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I think it's been um, they, they shot in Prague and it's it's such an enormous show. Uh, there's so many moving parts and it's it's it all shows up on the screen beautifully but it, i think it's been you know something to put together i can't even imagine yeah yeah it's also coming to amazon prime which means we actually get to see it without having to wait for anything over here <laughs> great oh excellent yeah which is great so i'm very happy about that this is your second amazon prime show because you're doing sneaky pete as well you did the second season of that sneaky pete then i also did a show called tumble leaf which is a kid's show i did yeah. the first season or two of that and then Lizbeth Scott took over and then I've done a couple pilots for them as well so yeah I've been I've done quite a bit quite a bit for them and I, I enjoy working with them very much yeah yeah Sneaky Pete uh, uh, yeah, came back for its second season and I mean I adore that show I think it's absolutely it's I love it yeah brilliant I, yeah I think so too. I love the the sort of heist feel of the second season as you sort of yes, got into that. Exactly, it's really good. Yep, exactly. For you, does has the music evolved much from season one to season two? I mean, not so much. I think it was, um, you know, that that's a co-score. So, so um, right. my former right. assistant Stephen and I score it together, and we sort of both came up with a sound, and then we literally sort of go per episode. We split it down the middle, and he'll take a cue, I'll take a cue, and then we'll add to each other. So it's been a really fun collaboration that way. Mm. It lives in a sort of contemporary world, sort of in terms of the instrumentation and the style. So it's 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 a score that wants to sort of fit into the. There's a lot of source in there, a lot of source tracks, and it's a score that sort of wants to live uh, right next to those tracks without drawing too much attention to itself. So it's, uh, but a very electronic score. Not not a lot of um, not a lot of my usual recording of instruments, um, yeah. which is kind of nice for a change. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good good to mix things up a little bit sometimes. I think absolutely. And the Americans, which I'm assuming you you're done on the Americans now. Just finished uh, Tuesday. Okay, yep, just Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a it's a hard show to say goodbye to. It's yeah. it's a great show. It's it's full of great people on screen, off screen. It's just one of those experiences that uh, you you know you, we all as composers hope for multiple mm. times in our lives if we can get them. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said before how much I love the music on that show. I think it's just it's, amazing, and and particularly the the opening title thing. Thank in that. You. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think he's beautiful. There's a couple of other projects that you you've popped up. Um, Flatliners you did in yes. the intervening time. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, that, I mean, that's an interesting. Did you rewatch the original? Because obviously, I'm old enough to have to know the original movie. Yes, I did. Me too. I mean, yeah, I, I watched it after I did the the score. I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't. I just wanted to take a new approach to it since they were trying to take a new approach to it with the film, and I watched it after. And it is quite. It's quite an interesting score, and it does. Interesting, you know, it sort of it mixes choir with some electronic elements, more traditional orchestra, and so um, in a sense, it was you know we kind of had a similar approach, I guess, James and our from from way back and and me today, and uh, but uh, obviously a very different film today. Yeah. yeah, didn't really find an audience, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> I still talk to people. They say, oh, they remade that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's I have to I have to admit I haven't seen the remake yet. I do want to watch it at some point because. I, I was a huge fan of the original. I really like the original film. So yeah, 
Joel Schumacher, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a Joel Schumacher film. So yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of interested to to see that you did that. You've had a couple of other movies. I know, or you're doing a couple of other movies. You're listed on IMDb for this year. So is that now some of the TV stuff has calmed down a little bit? Like you're not doing the Americans and you're in a bit of a break. Are you going back to doing a bit more film? It's kind of no. It's kind of been just a big train crash of projects all at once. So while I've been doing this movie i've been doing two tv shows at the same time so it's been it's been a lot of uh, a lot of work lately but yeah no the, the film thing is just picking up a bit um i did a film i guess last year called the domestics yeah and we're, we're doing a soundtrack release for that which we're just in the process of putting together oh cool and then this house of the clock in its walls which is eli roth and i it's our fourth collaboration director composer um we've done a lot of other stuff together as far as producing and composing um but it's a really wonderful wonderful film and it's it's um it's been so fun to sort of have some fun with my sort of more like john williams-esque orchestral chops because that's that's the movie he wants and it's really it's great so we're doing um we're going to do a bunch of sessions coming up in in my new studio uh in two weeks we'll record the score having the studio is that do you think going to make a a massive difference to your work yes i think so <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's such a beautiful if i do say so myself it's such a beautiful room i've taken six Six years putting it together. Uh, the actual build has been the past uh, two and a half years. And um, so it's going to be, um, it's a very unique recording studio space, even among recording studios in the world. And it has a really beautiful sound, the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not dry at all. It has a very nice reverb to it. And so, so we're going to, Fortunately, with the movie, we're going to get to test it with like, you know, 50 strings and then 30 strings and 20 strings and brass and woods. We're going to have all these sort of different um, sectionals where we're recording to really give the room a real, real, real great range of stuff to, to record with. So, um, yes, yeah, so I think it is going to change. I'm going to have all my instruments over there. I'm going to have that Wurlitzer over there. So it's like sort of a big Charlie you know charlie the chocolate factory of music you know playground speaking of the instruments we obviously know you like collecting weird and wonderful things have you acquired anything new recently that uh, you'd like to share always (laughs) (laughs) i'm building a weird organ pipe organ instrument we're calling it a stoutophone uh, it's it, which is which is named after uh, Edward Millington Stout the Third, who's one of the great last great organ builder restorers in the world of theater organs. Wow! So he he has given me some really beautiful, valuable, impossible to find organ components that make sounds to incorporate into this instrument. It's basically it's, at its surface we took like a a pump organ. You know, mm. like the old pump organ with the pedals? Oh, yeah. We gutted it, and then we we put in a whole new system, and, and it's basically going to create the most crazy, amazing sounds, depending on what pipes you put into it. So we've, we've spent like two years developing it, and that's also going to live in the new studio. So it's, it's very exciting. That'll be done in about a month from now. That's crazy. That, that yeah. sounds like it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is going to be and we've and we've really had fun with it like it's a very um you know we we the stops you know the, the for, for the that you pull out on an organ each stop is engraved in latin and it's the seven deadly sins and each sin produces some weird sound <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's, it's exciting so there's that one i guess that's yeah that's the most recent one I've gotten. Um, and then I used one in Flatliners um, called a, an Array Nail Organ, right. which is a 
series of nails pounded into a, a resonating box with pickups and you put rosin on your fingertip and then you play sort of play the, the top of the nail and it vibrates and produces a pitch based on this, the length of the nail. Oh, wow. So it's been one I've really enjoyed getting to, to know of it. That sounds very cool as well. In terms of the, the studio, is it sort of entirely for your work or are you, you lending it to other composers as well? Yeah, I think so. What I'm going to, I've been telling people, what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to, I'm building the space and then I'm going to sort of let it tell me what it wants to be in a way. <laughs> so like, because it's taken so long, I definitely want to just enjoy it on my own for a little bit. Hmm. But this, I look at it as a space that will be a home for many musical collaborations, certainly beyond my own music. I don't think it will ever be sort of just open to anyone to come in and, and just record there. It's it's too personalized a space for that. Mm. But I am really excited to have other composers come in and, and use it for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. You've got enough surrounding you up there that they can come and knock on your door. And <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be cool few last questions what have you got coming up other than the uh have you what what other tv shows have you got at the moment well i just finished the americans i just finished a show called the sun on amc it's a western with pierce brosnan yeah um, a show called greenleaf it's on oprah winfrey's network own um right. which we're doing a, um our third season now um and then so sneaky pete will be coming back and then carnival row obviously is just starting up this film will be done in a couple weeks so i am sort of i've been running sprinting ever since january so by the time sort of middle of june hits about a month from now i'm going to take a little bit of time <laughs> before i jump back into to anything but so so for so for next year basically carnival row takes or carnival row takes me to the end of this year Right. Sneaky Pete probably be starting up again, although I don't think it's been confirmed yet for a season three, although it did so well. I, 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 I can't imagine it wouldn't. Given, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what's on. And then we're continuing to work on the True Blood musical. Yes. That's ongoing. Uh, so that that's always always sort of puttering along in the background. Um, it's, as I think I mentioned, the, the Broadway musical game is a sl slow, long process yeah. of many years. So that's where we're, we're, we're into that <laughs> oh, i'm glad it, i'm glad that's still on the move that's that's good yeah, yes. yeah it is. and then i'm also interestingly like this space is also going to be about performance too Ooh. so I'm, I'm looking to do a series of performances probably in the fall sometime at the studio and it would sort of be a thing where i'd have like 100 people in the audience at a time and like maybe eight to ten musicians with the organ, probably with a silent film or something, and doing live live accompaniment to that, sort of like salon concerts or something like that. Wow! So yeah, yeah oh, that would be, be great to have the organ put to its sort of original use as well. If you're showing exactly. it, yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and I'll give you our traditional last two questions. Uh, yeah. See see whether your answers have changed from last time. The first one is: uh, What TV shows are you watching at the moment? Um, Homeland, yes, Billions, both of which I loved, and Wild Wild Country. I just finished the the Netflix documentary, six part series or five part, uh, and I, I'm enjoying all those enormously. And I love, I mean, Homeland for me this season has upped its game tremendously. It's it's much better than the last two seasons. I was sort of it was losing me a little bit in the season. I feel right back in. Yeah. And Billions, yeah. I just love Billions. I think it's such a great show. 
Yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah. I I love both of those shows. Oh. Homeland, I thought, was spectacular, particularly the penultimate episode where you start to don't, see. Don't, don't, don't tell me yet. I don't think I'm, I. I think I have two left, two or three left. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's the there there is a moment in the penultimate episode where uh, yeah, I won't tell you what happens, but uh, <laughs> it had it had me and and a friend of mine texting each other, going, "What the hell was that just happened there?" <laughs> no, so it's, it's, good, good. And you know, we don't often do that so i was uh, yeah i hey. really good definitely worth looking hey. forward to hey. and uh, last question if you had the opportunity to work on any show past present or future which show would it be i mean well i guess one thing I, if i had seen uh, this is like self-serving but if i had seen carnival row advertised i would have been like damn it like why can't i do a show like that so i am i am really excited to be doing that show it feels like a very special show mm. um so that's that would certainly be one of them in terms of other shows i mean i mean obviously like something like any show that sort of becomes a phenomenon right yeah like like true blood was a phenomenon stranger things is a phenomenon game of thrones is a phenomenon anytime like i think as composers we get to be a part of a show that really um gets into the pop culture and becomes a part of part of so many people's lives i mean that's kind of what what you hope for so yeah 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 i yeah i I am very much looking forward to carnival row it it sounds like it's going to be a really interesting series so uh, it is i don't think it'll be yeah i love some of the streaming service stuff they do incredible jobs with their shows so. yeah, yeah they do awesome well it's lovely to catch up again i'm sure we'll end up <laughs> talking probably in another year or so <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh, great to have you back on again have a great year and i will talk to you at some point next year i imagine right. being back. thank you so Cheers. much see ya bye. bye so that was the interview with nate bar i hope you really enjoyed that carnival row as we mentioned in the interview, will be arriving next year on Amazon. So that's one to look out for. The Americans, I'm sure you can find on various streaming services. Uh, now it's kind of finished. Sneaky Pete as on Amazon over here. That's definitely worth looking out for. It's one of my favorite shows. So I uh, hope you really enjoyed that. Now we'll move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. Again, given that we're in August, there's quite a lot of new shows starting. Channel 4 are launching Hang Ups, which is this uh, new comedy starring Stephen Mangan. Uh, It's essentially a UK adaptation of the Showtime series Web Therapy. So it's Stephen Mangan as a therapist doing therapy sessions over skype <laughs> essentially um i think it's all improvised i seem to remember so uh it looks really funny particularly for stephen manga fan it's going to be one to to go and watch uh that's coming to channel four on the 8th of august at 10 p.m and it's called hang-ups yeah uh, insatiable is this new dark twisted revenge comedy that uh, stars debbie ryan dallas roberts and alicia milano and that's coming to netflix on the 10th of august so that's one to watch out for also on netflix on the 10th of august all about the washingtons comes which is uh about hip-hop icon rev run who stars opposite his wife justine and scripted comedy about one couple's attempts at balancing work romance and family chaos 
I can't say I'm massively inspired by that, but uh, nah, there you go. <laughs> uh, all about the Washingtons, that's called, and that's 10th of August on Netflix. Fear the Walking Dead, the free-to-air version of season one coming to E4, that's on the 12th of August at 9pm, although, as has widely been discussed on the uh, forums, will be 9pm when it comes on uh, this week. It will be 10pm every week after that because Krypton will be taking its place from the 19th. Uh, but it's going to be 9pm this week. That's on the 12th of August for Fear the Walking Dead. So that's like the fourth place you can watch Fear the Walking Dead now. So you've got <laughs> no excuse not to have seen it. Uh, season one of that, anyway. 10 Days in the Valley, which is a, a long time cancelled uh, TV show that Alibi picked up, I suspect, quite cheaply. 13th of August for that at 10 pm. About an overworked television producer and single mother in the middle of a separation who has a life turned upside down when a younger daughter goes missing in the middle of the night. Survived one season before getting canned that. So uh, be prepared if you want to go watch it that's not going to be going further than that the outpost which is this uh, fantasy adventure series we've talked about a few times about female hero with supernatural power of defending her world against a fanatical religious dictatorship sci-fi fantasy drama could be quite interesting this one sci-fi uk on the 13th of august at 10 p.m it's called the outpost fear the walking dead returns again this is on amc so this is the up-to-date fear the walking dead this is season four part two that's going to be amc global in the uk 13th of august at 2 a.m and then i think they repeat it later on at like 9 or 10 p.m uh, so simulcasting with the u.s so that's coming out keep an eye out for that if you've if you're one of the few people that has amc global in the uk one worth looking out for and then burden of truth which is a brand new show starring um kirsten krunk she is a big city lawyer who returns to a small hometown to take on what she thinks is a simple case representing a pharmaceutical giant but finds herself in a fight for justice for its group of sick girls that comes to universal tv on the 14th of august at 9 p.m looks like it could be quite good that if you like legal dramas well she's um uh, she was from beauty and the beast and smallville before that Kristen Craig. she's um she's quite one for people in the watch the 2000 series of those programs so i might give that one a look out of all the ones i'm really interested in that one the most i think and i hang ups i'm definitely going to be putting on my recorder yes Uh, yeah those are the think are probably the two those two and probably the outpost as well for me because i i think but those those are the three i will be going for i think out of that list so uh that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to Uh, mention i would just make sure people have gone and uh, watched the latest and newest trailer for the great british bake-off which is soon (laughs) to return to our screens by the time i next talk to you i'm sure it will already be through quite a few episodes but um if anyone wants to go and watch the singing bakery again every year they do this sort of singing bakery teasers on channel four right for it it's it's out there it's quite good have to say still never seen an episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, so if you want to uh, catch up with Grey uh, he is on Grey the Geek uh, Grey with an A that is Grey the Geek on Twitter so you can go find him on there if you want to find us we're obviously at geektown.co.uk you can find us throughout the week for the latest air date info and uh, lots of TV news if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at Geektown on Twitter on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektown UK that's everything we shall see you next week bye bye goodbye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 